Welcome to the St George's Leeds Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy the talk. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello, hello. Oh, you all right? Got your water? Fine. Great. So I'm Julia. For those of you that haven't met me before, I'm the planting curate. I'm soon to be planting, hopefully. Now, we don't know the exact timings, but maybe um, after the summer. And um, I've got something to share with you, actually. And I want you to respond to this with a whoop, whoop. Or a, oh, like, you know, disappointed, oh. Okay, you ready? This might be my last sermon with you. Oh, oh, oh. thank you. That could have gone either way, because we are looking at blessings and woes. So if you'd have all gone, whoop, whoop, and I've gone, well, I'm going to be blessed now, aren't I? And if you, well, okay, I need to, you know, take care of myself and make sure that I don't, you know, I can get out of here. My head doesn't get too big. But yes, anyway, um, this might be my last time talking to you. But I'll be hit back. I'll be back, don't we? Now, and do you know what? For the last thing that I'm going to talk to you about, it's not an easy topic to tackle. I'm going to talk to you about suffering. Mm, I know, yes. Ooh. Yeah, it's not easy. And we're going to be thinking tonight about how do we tackle suffering and de- deal with the troubles of this world and still have hope. And as we think about that question, we're going to look at Jesus' sermon, which was very um, well read to us, uh, the Sermon on the Mount, which gives us a way of looking and living in the world that is, helps us to see and view the world um, and experiences of suffering in a different way. And there's, there's going to be two things that we're going to focus on this evening. First, that suffering will happen. It's not a happy point, I know, but you need to bear with because the second point is a lot better. So the first point is there will be suffering. Suffering will happen. But the second point is suffering helps us understand what it means to be a follower of Jesus. So I want you to open your Bibles or your devices and have it open at Luke 6. We're going from um, verse 17. And also, you might want to bookmark 2 Corinthians. And whilst you're doing that, I'm going to move my water because I'm going to kick it over at this rate. So, are you ready? Because we're going to deep dive into suffering will happen. Now, I have a confession to make to you. When I first became a Christian, I'm going back a little bit now, But I thought that meant that bad things wouldn't happen to me. I thought that the good news meant that it was good news, that everything good was going to happen here on in, here on this earth. And so um, I'd assumed something about me and about God that I had was hung on something that wasn't even real. But I learned the hard way. Because the truth is that I've, I've known suffering And I know many of your stories. I know that many of you here have known suffering too. Um, You've known suffering through chronic pain or through um, depression or cancer diagnosis or losing um, a family friend, somebody or a friend that you've loved. 
um, and their life has been cut short too soon. Or maybe for some of you, it's that you've had to lay down some of your hopes for your career or your studies or just things that you wanted to do with your life. And I don't know anyone who went through the pandemic and has kind of said, well, that was a doddle. I think most of us experienced some form of suffering over the last couple of years. So something, suffering has happened for most of us in one way or another. And it's going to happen again. In, in fact, Jesus promises that it will. He said, in this world, you will have trouble. From John 16, 22. Now, that's not a popular promise. And perhaps um, in the aftermath of my newfound faith about 20 years ago, no one thought to say, oh, and by the way, the good news I've just told you, well, it also includes trouble. And it's not that Jesus wants us to suffer, but it's because we live in a broken world and that means there will be suffering. And in our reading today, Jesus says that no amount of wealth and power or levels of comfort, whether we like eating in fancy restaurants or wearing nice clothes or having a nice comfortable house to live in, none of that guarantees that there won't be suffering. And no amount of recognition or fun experiences or popularity, none of that will guarantee there won't be suffering. And as Jesus says all of those things, he says, he says, woe to them. He says, woe. And it's interesting because these ancient values, those ancient world values, they are surprisingly similar to to what we put our value in today. But when Jesus says, whoa, he he needs us to flip it. We need to flip our thinking. All of them, they are good things, aren't they? I like going for nice meals. I like a beautiful home. I, I loved that you were all disappointed that this is my last sermon for you. They're all good things. But we need not to um, focus in on those because they won't last. And we won't be satisfied for long if that is what we focus our life on. That's the reality that Jesus is sharing with us. If we trust in those things, when they disappear, which they will at some point, we're going to be left with nothing because suffering will find each of us soon enough. That's the world we live in. And when we suffer, it has an internal impact on us. I want to just take, um, you can have a look in 2 Corinthians. I want to take Paul as an example tonight of somebody who has known suffering. Now, Paul, the Apostle Paul, if you know much about him, he's he's a strong guy. He's a strong guy. He's not a weak guy. But in this, his second letter to the Corinthians, he says this in chapter 1, verses 8 to 9. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. 
When we are suffering, outwardly, bad things can happen to us. And it's... Um, and for Paul, that had been lots of different things. He'd been, in, he'd been shipwrecked, he'd been in prison, he'd been tortured, he'd experienced nakedness, cold, sleeplessness. Um, and it was, he was in a really dark place. So when we have these outward, external things that happen to us that cause us to suffer, there's also an internal impact. And we see that reality in Paul's story. The word that he used for troubles, it's the Greek word is derived from a word called thlipsis, which I always really struggle to say, thlipsis. It's, it's actually, um, that word, it's a really strong word, and it means pressure, putting pressure, like a physical pressure from an outside source. Thalipsis is actually, it can be used for a form of torture. So if you wanted to get, somebody wanted to get some information from you, what they might do is put a plank on your chest and put loads of heavy weights on top of the plank so you felt like you were being pressed down so that in the end there was so much pressure, there would be so much pressure that the life would feel like it was being pressed out of you. That's thlipsis. And Paul, he knew what that type of pressure was like. He went through that type of suffering. And I don't, I don't, I don't know, can you identify with that sense of feeling pressed down, that there's a rawness and a reality to it? Suffering, it can do that to you. So I want to acknowledge, firstly, that suffering does happen whether that's through poverty or hunger or weeping or persecution, that there will be things that happen or may be happening now that have caused you to suffer and the pressure is so great that it feels like the life is being pressed out of you. So when Jesus talks about different ways uh, about pe- that people will suffer, We need to acknowledge first that we can be in that place and still know God because suffering will happen. And that leads me to my second point. Suffering helps us understand what it means to be a follower of Jesus. When we we are suffering... I don't know about you, but I sometimes find connecting with God can be quite difficult. But what I want us to think about today is that we need to remember that God suffers. God came to suffer through Jesus. He chose to suffer, in fact. His whole life on earth is full of times of suffering. He was born at a time of infant genocide. He lived as a refugee. He was battered around by political tyrants. He was brought up with a family that could barely make ends meet. And all of these, they were, they were God choices. It could have been a different time or a different place, but that is what God chose. And then when Jesus... God started his ministry, the first thing that he does is he heads into the wilderness for 40 days of fasting. He chooses to suffer. And on the day that he hung on the cross, it wasn't just his own death that he suffered. 
Hebrews 2 verse 9 tells us that Jesus, God, he tastes the sum of our sufferings. And when we think of Jesus' suffering, it's redemptive. But what's also happening? He's tasting the sufferings of everyone, alive, dead, and yet to come. Jesus has tasted all those sufferings together. He knows. He knows what it's like. He's gone before you, and he's gone through the darkness to come to the other side. He's joined in all of our suffering. And being a follower of Jesus, it means we are invited to place our suffering into the hands of Jesus. And in that, that we might share in God's suffering love for a hurting world, that we share in that. And it's, it's upside down, it's flipped up. And that's what we see in Jesus' teaching today. A reversal of values. We've got kingdom values on one side versus worldly values on the other. And it's a, a way of looking and living in the world that changes how we view and experience difficulties and suffering in life. So that when suffering finds us, which it will, we can respond through faith in God in a way that brings blessings out of curses and life out of death. This series that we're doing, we've come back to it now, um, about Resurrection Hope. Um, it's based on Timothy Keller's book. And he says this, in the cross and resurrection, the pattern of Jesus's life become the key to understanding our own lives and histories. Knowing that, so it's a great resource for us because it gives us like the mountain view, the mountaintop view, rather than in the valley. So even when we feel like we're in the valley, we can still see the mountain view so that we might look at each, we tend to generally in life look at each circumstances, maybe with pessimism, that every trial is the worst that it can possibly be, or maybe optimism, that each trial is temp a temporary roadblock, and we don't need to be either or of those things. Either life is good so that God is good, or life is tough so God is bad and absent. In the, in the resurrecting hope, in the now and not yet, suffering is present, but it's not forever. God is good and he's present in the highs and the lows. And Jesus, he promises those um, living by faith that the hard things will lead to the best things. They are the kingdom of God, that we will be filled, that we will have laughter, and that there is a reward that is great in heaven. And so I just want to quickly, as we close um, today, just have a look at each of those blessings that are promises from Jesus now. First, Jesus says, yours is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is there for the asking. There, there are different values in the kingdom of God. And to receive this blessing, we need to have a reliance on the power of God to come to him even when times are hard. I mean, it doesn't mean that necessarily we might feel like praising him all the time. Sometimes that means coming to him when we are feeling really hurt, when times are hard. 
Job in the Old Testament, I don't know if you know his story, but he was somebody who had everything. He had everything and then he lost everything um, the next, pretty much the next day. But he was also somebody in that pain and suffering who complained bitterly and with tears. And he cried out to God and he said, what are you going to do? What are you going to do, God? How long do I have to wait? When are you going to act? Job, he stayed with God even when it was, he was getting nothing out of it. He was poor in all things. That was his reality. That was his now. And he continued to be reliant on God, praying, asking his friends to pray where he he didn't know how to, knowing that there was a hope in the future. Don't waste your sorrows. In the kingdom of God, you can weep with God. Bring them to God in faith. Bring those tears to him. Even if we feel disappointment and we're angry, we can sow our tears to God. Second, Jesus says, you will be satisfied. We can seek this blessing of satisfaction with Jesus. Just like the hungry, they might focus on food and food to be satisfied. We can focus on what will truly satisfy us. And that is what Paul did. He, um, you can hear, we're going to go back to his story in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And I'm just going to read verses 8 to 12 to you. I'll take a glass of water whilst you find that. This is what he says, verse 8. We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to the death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So that then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. This passage is an enormous comfort for those who are going through suffering of every kind, really. It's where um, we can find our satisfaction. It's where Paul shows he finds his satisfaction. He says it feels as though you are being crushed. Of course it does. That's what suffering feels like. That's how Paul felt it. But because of that suffering, he found a place where he could truly be satisfied. So when we come to Jesus, we need to not be satisfied by vague ideas of who he is. I said to you, when I first became a Christian, I didn't even know that trouble would happen. But I needed to learn that as I went. But we need to not be satisfied by vague ideas. We need to dig into what it means to know the resurrected Jesus. And that way the spiritual power of of Jesus can flow through us, purify our hearts and strengthen us. 
and fill us with God's glory. That's how we can be truly satisfied and receive that blessing. The third blessing Jesus tells us is, for you will laugh. Out of Paul's tears comes a new strength. He told his readers, um, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we find we ourselves receive from God. That's in um, chapter 1, verse 4. Only because Paul suffered was he able to receive that divine comfort. Out of Paul's tears came laughter, in fact, and new strength that was not just for him, but for, for countless others as well. And that's often the case for, for any of us. It's only troubles and trials that sometimes drive us to trust in God that leads to this comfort or joy. It's like, it's like the peace that passes all understanding. The comfort and joy that is the Holy Spirit bringing the declarations and promises of Jesus into our hearts. So that God's presence and power and love is revealed in us. And with that comfort, we can also share it with others that are in need. We can repurpose the suffering that we have for ourselves for good, for other people, to help others find the same life-changing, refining, enriching comfort of God. And finally, the final blessing that we hear here from Jesus is, because your reward is great in heaven. Your reward is great in heaven. The reality is that there is only a comfort if there is a glorious future, a heaven in which there is no sickness or crying and the the experience of which will make our present trials seem minimal. That's the level of um, hope that we're talking about. And and Timothy Keller, whose book that we've been following in this series, his now, his reality, is actually one where he's in a battle with stage four pancreatic cancer. And um, I don't know if I quite often listen to his podcasts, and we've been being updated on social media that he's been going through quite a rigorous procedure recently to, um, you know, help him with this. And he talks about when he found that he, out, he first had this cancer, when he first got the diagnosis, he was actually in the middle of writing a book about the transformative power of the resurrection. And he had to really examine his heart because he understood the resurrection intellectually, but he needed to go back again and fully receive it deep in his heart so that he could have a greater and deeper faith in the resurrection. And so now he can say confidently this, I do know that the resurrection of Jesus Christ really happened, and when I die, I will know that resurrection too. In his book, um, he's got another book, he's got lots of books actually, they're all good, The Reason for God, Timothy Keller writes this. 
Embracing the Christian doctrines of the Incarnation and Cross brings profound consolation in the face of suffering. The doctrine of the resurrection can instill in us, can instill us with a powerful hope. It promises that we will get the life we most long for, but it will be an infinitely more glorious world than if there had been, never been the need for bravery, endurance, sacrifice, or salvation. Jesus willingly suffered the greatest pain because he knew the end of the story. And the great news is that so do we. I'm going to invite you to stand. I'm just going to say a prayer and then even um, Bex are going to come up and lead us in a time of response. But I just want to pray that the Holy Spirit will be the comforter in your heart. That Jesus, who has gone before you and has gone through darkness, um, has, has come to another side. You will know him and you will seek him. And that you will f- find your heavenly home in the Father's great love for you there. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the St George's Lead Sermon Podcast. For more talks or information, visit stgs.org.uk.